how did you arrive at this $3,000 number and help them work through that and say, well, if it's going to get you $300,000 in revenue, does it matter whether you pay $3,000 or $5,000 today? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the conversation you want to be having with people and those kind of higher level strategic conversations with business owners. Hi, I'm Rand Fishkin from Oz and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy from ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'd like to welcome the founder of ConsultingTycoon.com. He's a direct response copywriter and a marketing consultant who specializes in online lead generation, past customer reactivation, and business growth strategies. He's trained hundreds of people to do what he does, which is create extraordinary income in record time. I'm delighted to welcome Kyle Tully from ConsultingTycoon.com. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, Ash. Thanks for having me, mate. Great to have you on the show, Kyle. I've watched quite a few of your talks on super fast business and fast web formula, as it used to be known. And I've just been very moved by what you've shared. So today I would love to talk about why pricing isn't the only factor when it comes to making a high value offer to a customer. This is something I have struggled with myself and a lot of other business owners I know struggle with. They always worry about, oh, is my price too high? Am I going to get outpriced by the competition? And I recently heard some things you had to say about why pricing isn't the only thing in a customer's mind when they're making a decision. And I would love to explore that in further detail with you. Yeah, sure. I think it's a, a really important topic. And and like you, you know, I, I know a lot of people who who do struggle with this as well and you know, really struggle with charging high prices, justifying to themselves high prices. And it, it seems very common. I, I certainly struggled with that early on in my career as well. So a lot of it is a mindset thing, isn't it? Like you say, 90% of this is in our heads. The client, 90% of the time, isn't thinking just about the price. They're thinking about a whole lot of other things like, is this the right time for me to buy this product? Does it fit into my way of selling? So for example, if the client is more lead generation driven versus more sales driven. So it's about whether your offer fits well into their sales cycle. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's literally dozens of other factors that come into play. And I, I can't remember how long ago it was, probably 10 years ago or something. I, I saw some research on, you know, factors people use when they buy. And it was something like 10 to 20% of people, their primary factor was price. Mm-hmm. So that means, you know, 80% of the market isn't primarily price focused. But even for the ones that are primarily price focused, there's still, you know, a dozen other factors that come into play, you know, things like the results that you can generate, the time frame that you can do things in, whether they know, like, and trust you at all, their confidence in, in your ability to deliver, you know, um, even things like you're the guy in front of them right now and they, they need a solution right now. You know, there's lots and lots of other things that come into play. Mm. And this is so important because, one of the key focuses of this podcast is helping businesses increase profitability. And if you think about it, if you are making low, if you're lowballing your offers in terms of price, then you're hurting yourself in terms of profitability from the get go. So if you are bringing a lot of value to the table and you are really adding value to your customer's business, then you should be very comfortable about asking for a price that is commensurate with the value that you're offering. And that's exactly it. And that's kind of the, I guess, one of the key philosophies that I've 
really found impactful for my business and, and try and get across to my students as well. And it's just that you've got to sell based on the value that you can provide to your clients. And if you are confident in delivering value and you're confident the product or service that you deliver, then by you know pricing and selling based on that value, you'll actually attract better clients into your life who are buying based on the value that they're getting rather than you know, some arbitrary cost figure, which is, you know, working as a consultant, that's why I often found that the cost figure someone had in their head was largely completely made up. Like it, it didn't really make any logical sense. You know, someone wants to, they've got a budget of $3,000 for a website. Mm-hmm. Now that website might have the potential to bring them $300,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So why this arbitrary budget of $3,000, you know, wouldn't you rather spend 5000 and get something that's going to give you the results that you want rather than 3000 for something that may not work at all? Right. That's a great point. If a business is offering their services, say, in the web development space, as an example, they're building websites, they need to understand the client's decision-making process around the price that they've arrived at that they want to pay for the website and then say, well, how did you arrive at this $3,000 number and help them work through that and say, well, if it's going to get you $300,000 in revenue, does it matter whether you pay $3,000 or $5,000 today? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the conversation you want to be having with people. And uh, I think, you know, I obviously teach consultants and something that a lot of new consultants struggle with is is having those kind of higher level strategic conversations with business owners. You know, someone someone comes to them and, you know, there are what seems to be a fairly successful business owner, you know, they've got a business doing a couple of million dollars a year and they tell you they've got a budget of, you know, three or five thousand dollars or whatever for a website. And a lot of people will just kind of take that and 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 run with it and not question that and not ask them how they arrived at that figure, not talk to them about what their actual goals are, what kind of results they want to generate, uh, what time frame they've got, all these other type of, you know, more strategic questions that really get to the heart of why they actually want this thing. Because Look, at the end of the day, no one really wants a new website. They want the result that that website is going to give them, whether right. that's you know Im- impressing their board or impressing their wife or generating leads or making sales or improving conversions. There's always you know a reason behind the the you know I guess surface level thing of we need a new website. And by getting to those core desires that people have, that's when you can you know really start to hone in on what, on what people are really buying those those deeper core things. And, you know, charge based on the value you provide, which is astronomically more in most cases than what their, you know, arbitrary budget seems to be. And, you know, you just made a really important point, Carl, because you talked about business partnering. Now, this is so important because unless you can align yourself properly with the customer's strategic intent and show them that you can deliver results, they are always going to see you as the web guy versus a business partner. So unless you can talk in terms of results and talk in terms of tangible value that they can see, you will be seen by them as a web guy rather than a business partner. So that's another really important thing, isn't it? When you are creating a high-priced offer, you need to be clear about how you're going to position yourself as a partner in the client's perception. And, and you know what? The flip side to that is if all you're talking about is the website, mm-hmm. then you don't deserve to be a partner who sells something for a high value because you're not bringing that strategic point of view to the table. All you're bringing is a new website. Right. And so, you know, whether, whether the clients intuitively know this or whether it's, you know, just the way things go, 
they they shouldn't pay more than you know x number of dollars for someone to build a new website if all they're getting is a new website you know if you can spend you know $5000 on a website that literally does nothing for your goals you know your goals might be to impress the board of directors mm-hmm. well in that case you know building a website that generates lots of leads but looks really ugly while it you know from a dollars and cents point of view might make sense from an impressing the board point of view, it might not do anything and the you know the client might not really get what they wanted. And so you've got to take those things into account and you can't expect to be treated like a strategic partner and get the financial rewards that strategic partners get if you're not actually bringing strategic advice to the table. And that's why these you know lines of questioning are so important. It's not just so that you can charge more. It's so that you can actually deliver more value based on what the client wants, not based on your own you know preconceived ideas of what they should want or need. Okay. And a good tip here, actually, it just occurred to me is when you're positioning yourself as a strategic partner, you got to think of what you're offering as a solution versus a commodity. If you're trying to sell them a commodity, which is just a website that converts and has a lot of leads and clicks and so on, you are selling them a commodity and that's when you're not positioning yourself as a partner. If, however, you're positioning yourself as a partner, you're saying to them, okay, I am going to help you, as you said, impress the board, deliver greater amount of business growth, deliver high value customers, a better sales funnel, a, a better solution to grow your business long term. And that's how this website fits into that bigger picture. That's when you're talking like a partner rather than a person selling a commodity. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And, and there's always going to be you know room for people who are selling commodities. And you know there's always going to be price pressure on those people selling those commodities. So you know there's always room for those people. But if you want to you know move above price and, and start selling based on things like value and you know what you can actually provide to the client, then you've got to start having those strategic conversations. Okay, let's talk a bit more about value-based pricing uh, because that's something that is very important here too, isn't it? We need to get comfortable with the idea of what value we are delivering delivering to the customer and get the customer to share that with us or, or you know bring that up in a conversation so both parties are clear about how much value we are bringing to the table. So how does a person do that with their prospect to position themselves as a person delivering value and as a strategic partner? Sure. There's a couple of, I guess, factors I look at. And the, the first one's actually my own time and energy involvement. You know, the, I guess, the opportunity cost, you could say. So that is, you know, what's the value of me building this thing, whether it's a, a website or, you know, an AdWords campaign or whatever it is for a client? What's the approximate value of that if I were to do it for my own business? Great idea. And if I can't charge that much or more to the client, then I've really got a question whether I should take this client on board or not. And so that that's one of the first factors I look at when pricing my services is, hey, look, if I did this for myself, could I make more money than selling it to someone else? Mm-hmm. The second thing is those, yeah, the value-based factors, which is having conversations with a client about, you know, basic things like what kind of revenue they got, how many leads they're generating, how many leads they'd like, you know, my new website to help them generate, what a new client is worth to them, how long clients stick around for, you know, what's the lifetime value of a client. These kind of numbers, you know, that's when you can take someone's $3,000 budget for a website and have them tell you that the new website has the potential to bring them, you know, millions of dollars of new clients over the next five years. And now when you position what you're doing as an asset that helps them generate those millions of dollars, 
you know, whether they pay 3000 or 30000 is largely irrelevant. Mm. It just becomes a number at that point. That's exactly it. And, you know, like you mentioned at the start, a lot of these thoughts and feelings and, and concerns we have with numbers are in our own head. They're not in the head of our prospect. And again, I, I work with a lot of, you know, consultants and a lot of consultants haven't ever owned a multi-million dollar business. And so they don't, or, or they have different ideas about price and, and, you know, money than these business owners do and the clients that they're working with. And so you've got to kind of step outside of your own head and realize that just because you think or believe something about a certain dollar figure doesn't mean that that's true. It's just your perspective on things and people who are playing with, you know, a couple of extra zeros, um, they're playing a different game. They think different things, and you know, many many times the the money worries that we have are largely irrelevant to them. Something that just occurred to me is, as consultants, we often project our own anxieties about the difference between, say, three thousand and thirty thousand dollars. And we say, of course, I would rather have a three thousand dollars service than a thirty thousand dollars service. But if you think about it from the other side of the table, they're probably thinking, okay, this person's in front of me, they're delivering me $300,000 of value, or they're saying that they can do that. I'm convinced they can do that. I would rather just pay the $30,000, get the transaction done now, than go hunting around for someone who might be able to do the same thing for 3000 but I don't really care. This is where we've, we've eliminated the price as a decision-making issue from their perspective, because we're there in front of them, we've demonstrated the value. So we should feel comfortable about saying, okay, this is what it's going to cost you and be fairly confident that they will say yes. Yeah, well, you see, the price discussion cuts both ways. If you, you know, if someone's used to spending $30,000, $100,000, you know, a million dollars for various things, you know, one of the businesses I used to work for as an employee, we bought a new software system and it was $1.2 million or something. Wow. And so if you try and sell a website to that business for $3,000, they're not even going to take the meeting. Like they're not even going to speak with you. You're not even on the right playing field. Like you're playing a completely different game to them. Mm. And you've got to take those kind of things into account. You know, sure, sometimes someone who can only afford $3,000 for a website will never pay $30,000 or 100000 But there are plenty of people out there who are spending that much or more on websites. And you've just got to understand that there's there's different games being played and there's different levels that you can come in at. Now, there's another really important point that you made in, in one of the talks. You said the price that you charge also attracts a certain quality of client. And this is something our common friend James Schramko talks about as well. This is a really important point that I want to impress on the listeners. So generally, people who are squabbling for very low-priced products or consulting offers or whatever it is, often are the worst clients <laughs> and the ones who are playing in the big league often are better clients. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I've seen this from a thousand different angles and it's it's almost always true. It seems like the less someone spends with you, the more of a problem they are. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think there's some very basic reasons like, you know, if, if someone can only afford $100 for a website, there's probably good reasons for that, you know, mindset reasons, success reasons, etc. There's that old thing of like you get what you pay for and I think people who have been around the block a few times, they understand buying based on value and they're, they're used to doing business that way and they understand you can't get a good website for 100 bucks or 500 bucks. Um or it's very, very difficult to do that. 
And they'd rather pay more money and get the thing that they really want because they know from experience that when you try and cut corners and and spend a little less, you end up spending more and taking more time just to correct the mistakes that that first person made. And um, yeah, look, I've I've, I've sold products anywhere from from $10 up to about $5,000, you know, digital products online. And the people who buy the $10 stuff without fail ask more questions, have more issues, you know, have more just technical questions, annoying things, just things that they should have already figured out for themselves like with a quick Google search. Mm-hmm. The people who spend $5,000, you won't hear from them for three months, then they'll come back with a testimonial. Like that's the difference. The $10 people are looking at the price and are focused on just the price, whereas the uh, $5,000 people are looking at value. Well, exactly. Like you don't, well, most people don't realistically buy a ten dollar, you know, ebook or report or something, and sit there, you know, questioning whether this is going to bring them, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in value or anything like that. It's it's a, a much lower level decision than that. Whereas someone who's investing five thousand, they've they're coming from a completely different point of view, and they're they're buying based on value. They because of that, because they've invested money, they tend to respect you more. You know, they they've done all their due diligence beforehand and so when they pay the money they know what they're kind of getting they trust you as a a trusted advisor and expert to deliver on that value and they sort of go away and let you do your thing or they go away and do their own thing whereas the ten dollar person you know they they tend to put a lot more of the um, success or failure of their own results onto you that's been my experience yes that's very interesting so they're completely different mindsets i really like what one of my idols, Warren Buffett says, and that is price is what you pay, value is what you get. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that before. That's that's uh, spot on. So Kyle, would you mind sharing a case study that comes to mind where you have actually, you or one of your students have approached a customer with a high value offer and a high price and converted successfully? What worked well for them in that situation and what made it you know, a successful conversion? Well, I've got a really good case study that's actually probably covers quite a lot of the stuff we've talked about. So I I worked with a guy named Patrick um, about a year or two ago. We worked together for about a year and he came to me. He had a pretty successful business. You know, he was doing, I think, sort of low six figures. Um, He came from a programming background and he was basically selling websites. You know, he was selling websites for Two, three thousand dollars, something in that kind of range. The conversations he was having with clients were very technical based, and he's a programmer, so it was you know very much talking about code and HTML and CSS and all these very technical things. And because of that, they were the type of clients he he attracted. He attracted people who were interested in technical stuff and wanted to talk about the technical stuff. And because of this, he had a you know on paper successful business, but he was really stressed out. He was working really long hours. Clients would you know, call him or emailing him on like a Sunday morning and expect a response straight away. Really bad sort of situation. And so we started working together and we basically repositioned everything he was doing from selling, you know, this technical small website to selling a high value results-based solution to a very specific market, to a a segment of surgeons. So he was Mm. still selling pretty much the exact same thing, you know, a a website and some traffic, maybe some social media management that he was selling before. But we went from selling that, you know, package of services from say two to three thousand dollars to two packages. One was thirty thousand dollars and one was fifty thousand dollars. And, you know, the the actual technical thing he delivered was probably 90% the same as it was before. 
What right. changed was the market we sold to, the conversation we had with those people and, and how our solution was positioned. Great case study. I think that will make it a lot more real for the listeners. It certainly is a fantastic illustration of what we've been saying. So thank you very much for sharing that. So let's talk about some of the key challenges when it comes to quoting high prices. Uh, some things that have already come across in this conversation are you know, mindset. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Us getting comfortable with asking for a high price. And the solution to that is to think about the value that you're providing and to position yourself as a partner rather than somebody providing, offering a commodity, which again is apparent in the case study that you shared earlier on. Any other big challenges you've seen your students encounter when it comes to quoting high prices and being comfortable with that? Yeah, well, like you mentioned, mindset's definitely the big one. You know, the the biggest challenge often is just saying the number. You know, <laughs> if you've only ever said the number 3,000 when you're selling a website, it's it's like literally difficult to get the words out and say 8,000 or 10,000 and say it with confidence. So right. that's the hardest thing. Like I've literally worked with coaching students and they say to me, you know, I've I've tried to sell at high prices and it doesn't work. And I ask them, well, you know, what's the highest you've ever quoted? And they say $3,000. And I'm like, well, how can you expect to sell something for 10000 if you've only ever asked for three? And <laughs> right. like you're laughing and it, it is kind of funny, right? But but this is true. I'm laughing because I recognize it. I relate to that. <laughs> yeah, like that's the first thing is just your own mindset and the ability to say the number. And this is something I learned back when I was doing door-to-door sales. Part of our, our training was to like look at ourselves in a mirror and quote the number and actually say the number to ourselves, looking ourselves in the eye in the mirror and and having confidence to do that. And it sounds like such a silly thing, but as a, you know, I think I must have been 19 or 20 years old at the time, I struggled to do that. I struggled to look myself in the eye in the mirror and say, I can't remember what the number was. It was probably only three or $5,000 at the time, which, you know, to a 19-year-old kid who's broke is a lot of money. I struggled to do That's it. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But, but with some practice, I got there. So that's definitely the first thing is just the mindset and the, the ability to say the number. Um, there's a bunch of other things that, that go into it. I think we sometimes put too much weight in what other people are charging. So we look at the market and we kind of just price our services at about what everyone else is selling. Now, what's stopping you from, from doubling what your nearest competitor is selling at? And, you know, the, the logical next step from there is, okay, if I'm going to double the price, what can I do to provide more value? How can I, you know, provide something that's going to give them 10 times more value than what the person is getting? So I think that's another factor. Um, and one that comes up more specifically with the consultants I work with is they listen perhaps a little too much about, you know, certain things the client perhaps says and price based on what they think the client can afford rather than, the value that they're providing to that client. So you have a conversation with a client and they're, they're talking about how this website's going to bring them, you know, a million dollars of new business over the next five years. But then they mentioned that, you know, they, they've got a credit card bill coming up or, and they're struggling to pay it. And so you take those two things and rather than skewing high because of the high value you can provide, you skew low because of his current, you know, financial um, struggle. And the one thing I've learned with those kind of financial struggles is they can be, wildly different like one person who says oh, i'm broke means they literally don't have a cent to their name 
Someone else who says they're broke means they just don't have, you know, liquid cash right now, but next yeah. month they'll have another $100,000 they can spend. So the actions that are coming out of this that a listener can take is, one, get in front of a mirror and start saying the price that you want to be charging and get comfortable with that. The second action is get clear on the value you're bringing to the table and try and think about what the customer is saying from their perspective rather than your own. So if they are saying, I have these credit card bills or I'm broke, try and get clear on what they mean by that. Maybe they're not really in dire straits like you think they are. So get clear on that. And most importantly, everything of value comes at a certain price and get clear on that as well. So in summary, the action steps are get move away from a fear-based mindset. Don't just think in terms of what your competition is charging, but think in, think in terms of how I can bring more value to the table and get comfortable with asking for your desired price by practicing in front of a mirror. Anything else? Mate, that's fantastic. That's a good summary. Um, yeah, one thing I, I get some of my students to do as a, an exercise, if nothing else, is think about if you had your ideal prospect and they bought the exact thing that you knew they needed to get the best result they could possibly get, what results would they get? And that's the value that you base your service off because that's who you want to be selling to, right? You want to be selling to your your ideal clients and you want to be selling them the ideal solution that gives them what they want. And what you'll find when you go through that process and actually sit down and work out the value, it's astronomically more than what you're currently charging. Most people find they can at the very least double their prices or more like what Patrick did, 10x their prices and then you know 15x their prices selling virtually the exact same thing. But it comes from the confidence you get of going through that process and adjusting your own mindset based on the value you provide. Yeah, I've got to say, Kyle, the idea of 10xing your prices does sound like a huge number, but if you break it down into specific steps and you start making some small wins and you start by you know 2xing your price, eventually 10xing is very possible. So to someone who's listening, and I'm making this is a note to myself as much as anyone else, it is doable. You just need to start taking action and start implementing the stuff you've been hearing in this conversation. Yeah, most people are are actually really surprised at how easy it is to sell at higher prices once you've adjusted your own mindset. Like the, the challenge is in your own head. And once you've conquered that challenge, actually getting the prices is way easier than you think. Like the first step we took with Patrick, we took his $3,000 WordPress website package and we doubled it and we sold it at $6,000, literally the exact same thing for twice as much money. Mm-hmm. And the first person he offered that to said yes. And he wrote me, he said, wow. man, like I should have done this three years ago. That's how simple it can be. <laughs> right. Cool. All right, Kyle, this, this has been very illuminating. What, what uh, books have had the biggest impact on you and you recommend people check out and why? I get this question all the time and I honestly, I really struggle with it because I'm, I'm a huge reader. I read literally tons of books. Like I've got a, a wall of, of books in my office and Honestly, a lot of them have had big impacts in different ways, but I pulled out three which I think overall have really shaped my mindset and my approach to you know business and marketing. Um, the first one is Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins, which is mm-hmm. essentially all about how advertising and marketing 
really should be scientific. It should be, you know, trackable. It should be measurable. It should be predictable. You should know that when you spend $1,000 over here that you're going to get $2,000 back or whatever your numbers are. So that, that for me was really, I guess, shaped how I approach marketing and, and realized that marketing is an investment. It's not a cost. It's something that, you know, should be tracked and should be measurable and, and those kind of um, factors. The second book mm-hmm. is The Theory of Constraints by Eli Goldratt, one of my favorite authors. Um, I think it might have been mm-hmm. Tramco that put me onto this book. This is a really, really fantastic book. It's basically, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, the analogy of that chain is only as strong as its weakest link. The Theory of Constraints mm-hmm. basically says that to improve a system, you have to start with the weakest link because you can't basically do any better than the weakest link. Right. And the third book is The Power of Full Engagement by Tony Schwartz. That's about uh, managing energy rather than managing your time. Yes. Yes, I've actually uh, read some of his stuff. He's he's great. And how do listeners find out more about you, Kyle? And is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Yeah, you can find me at consultingtycoon.com. That's sort of my main website where I I teach consulting and those kind of things. I've also got an AdWords agency at getleads.co if you need help with, uh, with your marketing. Um, in terms of final words or advice or whatever, um, my best advice I can give you if you, you know, want to charge higher prices than you are now is go out today and just, if not double your current price, go and add a new package that's higher than the one you currently sell. You know, there's no risk right. in adding an extra package that's more than than what you're currently offering because if someone says, no, mm-hmm. you've still got your packages right now, yes. you know, start taking those baby steps, start getting that confidence loop where you make an offer and someone says yes and you raise your prices and someone says yes because that's a a really addictive thing. And if you can start changing your mindset around (laughs) prices, you'll experience a a massive shift in in your business and and what people will actually respond to. Awesome. Well, Kyla, it was fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I hope you got a lot of value out of this podcast pun intended. Some of the key takeaways from this conversation for me were that 80% of the market isn't price focused. There are other factors that prospects look at, like results you can generate, timeframes within which you can turn things around. We talked about how to get comfortable with value-based pricing. I think that was really important. And the importance of having strategic level conversations rather than having a commoditized approach, rather than thinking of a service that you offer, think of a solution that you offer to your client. We looked at the different mindsets people have when they come in to buy low-priced products like a $10 product versus someone who buys a $5,000 product. It's really chalk and cheese, and it generally is a lot easier to work with the higher-priced clients. So that's definitely something to think about. Then there were the action steps. Get in front of a mirror. Get comfortable with quoting the price that you want to quote. Get clear on the value you bring to the table. Move from a fear-based or price-based mindset to more of a value-based mindset where it's very much driven by the opportunity you're bringing to the table. This exercise alone can help you 10x your prices and successfully land clients at those prices. As always, I'll include all... Now, if you found this podcast useful, there are some other related podcasts that you should definitely check out. Episode number one with Neil Patel, the founder of Kissmetrics, where we talked about branding, client selection, and investing. Episode number two with James Schramko, where we talked about recurring income models and how they increase the value of your business through 
predictable income streams. Episode number 18 with Buck Rizvi on how he built an eight-figure business using the right systems and culture. Episode number 22 with Ed O'Keefe. It's called $50 million and counting. Episode number 48 with John Loga on how to use high-value consulting techniques to increase your profitability. And episode 50 with James Shramko on frameworks for business profitability. As always, I'll include the links to these related episodes in the show notes. I will also include the books mentioned and the key points from the podcast, including the timestamps. Don't forget to share this podcast using the using the share links in the show notes as well. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and please leave a five-star review. That would be much appreciated. Please share it with a few friends. Your referral is the ultimate compliment. And if you'd like to know how to take your business to the next level, head over to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash hire. That's ProductiveInsights.com forward slash H-I-R-E and book a consulting session with me. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?